Hello and welcome to the Healthier Rhode Island podcast, presented by HealthierRI.com. On this podcast, we're covering the proposed merger between Lifespan and Care New England. And on this episode, we're focusing on what this proposal may mean for trauma care in Rhode Island. Our guest is Dr. William Chiaffi. He's the Chief of Surgery for Lifespan Health System. We want to get right into our conversation with Dr. Chiaffi, but if you want to catch up on past episodes and learn more about the plan to bring Lifespan Care New England and Brown University together under one umbrella, just visit www.healthierri.com. And now, here's our chat with Lifespan Chief of Surgery, Dr. William Chiaffi, who explained how this proposal could impact trauma care in Rhode Island. I'm Dr. William Chaffee. I'm Chief of Surgery at Lifespan and Chair of the Department of Surgery at the Alpert School of Medicine at Brown University. In relation to today's topic, I moved to Rhode Island in 1994 to help set up the trauma center at Rhode Island Hospital. And it was right around that time that the trauma center became verified by the American College of Surgeons and now serves as a regional resource for the state of Rhode Island and really for Southern New England. The trauma center at Rhode Island Hospital is actually the busiest trauma center in New England, seeing the most patients uh, and uh, taking care of the most inpatients that are afflicted by trauma. So, Dr. William Shafi, thank you again for for joining us, for taking the time. Um, You recently co-authored an issue brief. You wrote it along with Dr. Charles Adams, who's the chief of the Division of Trauma and Surgical Critical Care at Rhode Island Hospital. Um, and the two of you wrote an issue brief focused on, on trauma care. So, so that's what we're going to be covering today. So once again, thanks for being here. Thank you. So in the first paragraph of this brief that the two of you put together, you highlighted the fact that Rhode Island Hospital is designated as a level one trauma center for both adult and pediatric patients. What does that designation mean? Um, is that considered something that's rare here in New England or across the country? Can you just give us a little bit of context there? About 40 years ago, there was recognition in the United States that uh, there were a lot of patients who were being injured who were not receiving optimal care. And that led to uh, disability and in some cases, uh, deaths that shouldn't have occurred. Out of that recognition uh, grew the American College of Surgeons program on verification of trauma centers. And what that program uh, is meant to do, and I think has accomplished, is one is to recognize trauma centers like Rhode Island Hospital Center, which provide the highest level of care for all injured patients. And second, to improve care of the trauma patient by setting a, a set of standards that you need to meet. And you re-verify it every three years and the standards don't get easier, they get harder every time you go up for verification. So expectations around systems of care collaboration across multiple uh, uh, subspecialties and the ability to take care of the sickest patients. So while I'm not gonna tell you that we're the only level one trauma center in New England, we are the only level one trauma center, which is the highest designation that you can achieve in Rhode Island. And as I uh, mentioned in the introduction, we're the busiest level one trauma center uh, in New England. It is somewhat unusual to be uh, verified as a level one center, both for children, pediatric patients and adults. And we are uh, one of the few in New England that have that designation. And that's uh, secondary to our affiliation or Hasbro Children's Hospital being part of Rhode Island Hospital. 
How long has it been designated as this level one trauma center? You said you need to requalify every three years. How many times have you had to go through that process? I think we're about to be in our 10th uh, reiteration of that. So about 30 years, uh, give or take. Uh, the uh, pediatric uh, designation has not been as long. Uh, I think we're in our fourth uh, designation for that. And we're talking about Rhode Island Hospital right now. Obviously, you can't treat every single patient in the in the state. There's a lot of hospitals out there that all make up the, the, the trauma ecosystem, so to speak, that we have. We typically try to have um, somebody from Lifespan and somebody from Care New England on these episodes. Unfortunately, the timing didn't work out. So we're just going to ask you. Um, in your issue brief, you did go through a few of the reasons why you're feeling optimistic about a proposed merger between these two entities. Can you go through some of them? We know you mentioned capacity, you mentioned better integrated communication and, and a few other items. Can you just give us sort of the, the elevator pitch uh, for what you covered in this? I think it could be summarized to providing the right care to the right patient at the right time in the right place. And if one goes back to 2003 and think of the station nightclub fire, obviously a devastating event in the state of Rhode Island, it allowed us to recognize that our system wasn't as strong as it could be. And although the, the patients cared for in the state of Rhode Island, uh, it got fantastic care with 100% survival. It did lead to, I think, a change in, in or creation, if you will, of a more integrated trauma system. That system would only get better with the merger. Uh, we're talking about uh, some of the larger hospitals in the state. It would allow us to um, build capacity to take care of uh, trauma patients at other institutions that don't need to be at Rhode Island Hospital. That would allow us to take care of patients who really need to be at Rhode Island Hospital, at Rhode Island Hospital. I think one of the things we've recognized in this state over the past uh, a few years is that we always don't have enough hospital beds. And I know that sounds a little odd because it wasn't too long ago where everybody was saying there are way too many hospital beds. Uh, we're always full. And so we need to be able to make sure that patients can get the right care at uh, other institutions other than Rhode Island Hospital when appropriate. The uh, communication, the coordination, the collaboration of care uh, would only be better, would only be increased, uh, I feel, through the merger. And elsewhere in this issue brief, you talked about um, just a couple of uh, buzz phrases that I want to put some definitions to, if that's okay. Um, you went into a little bit on non-operative management, which you say the, the trauma sector is, is moving towards, um, and you talked a little bit about acute care surgery. Can you provide us some, some definitions with that? And I think as you're providing those definitions, you can tell us how has the job changed um, over the course of, of your career? You've been in this world for, for a long time. Um, so, so how does a trauma surgeon today look different than it did maybe when you were first starting? Sure. So uh, I got out of training 35 years ago and a uh, trauma surgeon uh, back then was one of the busiest operative surgeons within any institution. They routinely operated um, in the abdomen and the chest, um, extremity surgery. And, and back then, uh, people that were in uh, motor vehicle accidents or crashes that might have had a liver or spleen injury, we always took to the operating room. We uh, repaired them, stopped the bleeding, 
and even other organ injuries, uh, kidney injuries, et cetera. But what we've learned over the last three decades is that many of those injuries can be treated without an operation. So that had a profound effect for patients, very positive effect, because we found that we could treat them safely and get just as good, if not better outcomes by not operating, but by carefully uh, looking after them in the hospital. But then it led to a diminution of operative experience for trauma surgeons. And so these surgeons like myself that were often the busiest surgeons all of a sudden would not be operating on 70 or 80% of their patients that they were taking care of. At the same time, there was a recognition about acute care surgery. It's a rather new specialty. The first meeting was held in uh, 2000 in San Francisco. I was at it to look at the need for the provision of emergency general surgical care, just like trauma care. I spoke earlier about regionalization and verification accreditation of trauma centers has led to improved outcomes. Well, we had the same recognition for emergency general surgery patients, uh, whether it's somebody that's uh, septic and infected from a perforated appendicitis or perforated gallbladder or colon or pancreatitis, that smaller hospitals didn't have the resources to care for these patients. Um, and they didn't necessarily have the, uh, the surgeons to care for these patients on a 24-7, 365-day-a-year um, time period. So over the last 20 years, recognition of acute care surgery uh, has come about, and trauma surgeons, given the fact that they're trained to operate in most areas of the body, were the natural people, if you will, to take on this role. That phenomena now countrywide, there's plenty of data to show that it leads, just like in trauma care, to shorter hospital stays, less morbidity, better outcomes for patients. Also proves that that kind of regionalization can save healthcare dollars. Not every hospital, especially when you look at a state as small as Rhode Island, it's pretty easy to get around the state uh, in, a, in a very a short period of time, that not every hospital then has to have uh, a whole series of operating room personnel, uh, surgeons, et cetera, on call or in the hospital on a 24-7 basis. So at Rhode Island Hospital, for instance, there is a trauma surgeon, a faculty member that's in-house every minute or every day with a backup surgeon available to come in uh, if necessary. Uh, we have teams of operating room personnel, anesthesiologists, nurses, technicians that are here 24-7. That's an expensive resource, uh, number one. Uh, but number two, if you're providing care for these patients on a frequent basis, as I said, you're going to have improved outcomes, uh, which is obviously better for the patients. You're going to have reduced lengths of stay, reduced cost for that care, which is better for healthcare in the state in general. So it's it's been an evolution over, over multiple decades. Uh, but just like we regionalize care for many other things like stroke centers and cancer centers, trauma centers, pediatric hospitals, uh, I think it's time that we consider the same for emergency general surgery in the state of Rhode Island. And are we moving in that direction right now, um, you know, with or without the conversation that's on the table right now? Is, is lifespan moving in that direction? Is CNE moving in that direction on, on their own? I, I think to some extent the answer is yes, uh, but we won't get to where I think we need to be uh, without the merger. Uh, then you're going to be left with each system trying to duplicate what the other system is doing. Uh, there's expense to that. 
Um, there's ex expense on, on so many levels. Uh, there's so many areas of surgical care where if each hospital system has to have five specialists in that area. So maybe, you know, people are taking call only every fifth night. That's 10 people. And that's just talking about the surgeons. And if the merger was to go through, you could accomplish that with six or seven people. Um, that's a, a significant reduction in cost. Um, it still would allow us to provide um, superb care. And then it would allow those resources to be put in other areas of healthcare while still getting great outcomes. So the answer, yeah, we're moving in that direction. Do I think we'll get to where we need to be without the merger? I think the answer is no, I don't. And you um, just, uh, you're a surgeon, you, you talk to other surgeons, both at Lifespan and CNA. I know you're only one person, but how does the, how do the people on, on the ground feel about this? Do you think that the, the opinion that you're having and sharing is, is the, the preeminent opinion on, in the, the, the surgeon circles? Um, how are other people feeling? Yeah, I, I think within Care New England and Lifespan, there's a lot of excitement. Now, I'm just talking about the, the, the surgeons that um, obviously we know each other. I think we all view this as a, uh, you know, a multiple win situation. It's a win for the state of Rhode Island so that we could continue to provide tertiary and quaternary surgical care. Um, it's a win for us to be able to grow our programs so that patients don't have to travel out of state. Although I would um, argue right now that there are very, very few things that a patient should leave the state of Rhode Island for in terms of surgical care. Um, but it would allow us to keep uh, growing that. It would allow us to increase our academic footprint, our research footprint, our teaching footprint. Um, whereas maybe 20 years ago, I've been in Rhode Island now a long time, uh, the enthusiasm wasn't necessarily always there. I believe it is now. We, we're anxious to work together. Um, we need this merger to go through to allow us to work together. Uh, I think people are just taking a broader view of what's going to be best for healthcare in the state of Rhode Island. We want to talk just a little bit more about what this means for the patients themselves um, and maybe talk a little bit more about Rhode Island Hospital. But first, let's just take a very quick break. Thank you for listening to the Healthier Rhode Island podcast presented by HealthierRI.com. You can learn more about the plan to bring Lifespan, Care New England, and Brown University together under the umbrella of an integrated academic health system just by visiting www.HealthierRI.com. There you'll find more than two dozen issue briefs written by Rhode Island healthcare leaders, testimonial videos from doctors, researchers, and nurses, and much more. Once again, that's www.HealthierRI.com. Thanks for listening. Back to the episode. Okay, we're back with Dr. William Chaffee. He's the Chief of Surgery at Lifespan. Um, we've been talking about the issue brief that, that you and Dr. Adams had put together on trauma care, and we probably have around five or 10 minutes left. Um, Want to just go back to the conversation about Rhode Island Hospital. Uh, we covered the fact that it's a level one trauma center. If this merger comes through, are there any other designations that, that you are eyeing that, that are a possibility? You know, we've talked about the uh, the cancer center has a, a an opportunity to become um, one of the one of the only NCI certified cancer centers in the nation. Um, is there anything similar in the trauma care sphere um, that that might be on the table? Uh, well, as you probably know, when we talked about, we're verified as a level one trauma center, but we're also uh, 
verified as a level one burn center. Now, that's relatively new over the last 15 years. We will uh, move forward uh, with uh, designation or verification for our acute care surgery program. Uh, our College of Surgeons is, is putting that program together as well. And we'll move forward with our uh, children's surgical program. So again, there's a, uh, a program to look at children's hospitals, their surgical programs, and to set standards um, that need to be met in order to achieve that level of verification. I think what would happen specifically in trauma, though, is that we would be able to better coordinate care in the state, even though before I said the state's relatively small. Uh, I mean, there are people that can be cared for at Newport or at Kent Hospital, or et cetera, that would receive great care there, depending upon what their level of injury uh, it was, and being able to just to, able to coordinate that care. Another level would be in the area of surgical critical care. And so these are maybe trauma patients or extremely ill surgical patients that require intensive care. Right? We would be able to better coordinate that between the hospitals and the system. So uh, to me, the merger would be bringing together the, the specialists that take care of a specific uh, problem. And this time it happens to be trauma or emergency general surgery, being able to coordinate care and then allowing patients to stay closer at home for things that can be cared for at home, but having the uh, resource of a tertiary quaternary hospital within their state. And, you know, again, at most places in the state, you can get around in 20 minutes. There's a few places that take longer, like Newport or Burville, but for the most part, it's 20 minutes. So speaking of, of just the patients, you've, you've covered this a lot over the last 15, 20 minutes. Um, but we did want to just wrap this up with that general question of, of will the patients, A, will they notice if, if these two entities come together and this merger comes through? How does this impact them? Is this something that somebody on an individual level will, will realize that this is benefiting them? Um, can you give any context there? On one hand, you would hope they wouldn't notice anything. Um, because that means, you know, people don't like change a lot, but that means that they're feeling like they're getting the care that they, uh, that they want, they deserve. On the other hand, I think it would allow us to really, um, show the people who live in the state of Rhode Island that you don't need to travel out of state to, to get your tertiary quaternary health care. Um, I do think there would be some areas that they would see where, again, coordination of care would be, um, improved. Um, having a fragmented healthcare system or having multiple medical records or, or people that can't necessarily legally talk to each other about care of patients, you know, hinders healthcare. So on, on the other hand, I would hope that they would see better coordination amongst their providers. Um, and then I would hope they would see some continued growth of, of various kinds of programs, um, so it's, it's sort of a, on one hand, you hope that they don't notice anything because it means they're happy with their care and, and the care is proceeding well. But on the flip side, uh, healthcare today is complex. It involves multiple specialists, multiple kinds of providers. And you really want the communication between those providers, whether they're diagnostic imagers, surgeons, um, therapists, et cetera, uh, to be better. And I think that that's one area that maybe we, we didn't talk about, and that is 
all the other providers that are involved in the care of a trauma patient or an emergency general surgery patient. It's not just the surgeons, it's nurses, it's occupational therapists, physical therapists, uh, mental health workers, et cetera. I think we the merger would lead to much better coordination of care amongst the non-physician part of the providers and enhance the care that's, that the patients can uh, receive. All right, Dr. Shafi, before we wrap up, did we miss anything? Is there anything you'd like to add? No, I, I guess, well, I will add one thing. I'm, I'm incredibly enthusiastic about the prospects of the merger. Uh, there are obviously a lot of people who might have concerns about it, but if, if people would take a step back and say, boy, what would be best for the state of Rhode Island, the people that live here for their health care, uh, for growing uh, businesses, uh, for growing research and spinoff companies, this really would be a boon for the state. And it's easy for me to say, because I work at one of those two entities, but I think if we try to look at it globally about what's best for this state of a million people, uh, I would think that this murder is the right thing. Dr. William Chaffee, the Chief of Surgery at Lifespan, your issue brief, which you wrote with Dr. Charles Adams at Rhode Island Hospital. That's available at www.healthierri.com and just click on trauma care. Uh, Dr. Chaffee, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you.